Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. So Saturday the 10th of October was World Mental Health Day. And um, this is an issue that's increasingly important for business in so many ways. Not, you know, before COVID came along, and I think now on top, it's adding a lot of stress, etc., to so many people. But I'm delighted to welcome today um, the partner of a recent guest, Christina Rihanoff, came on recently and telling us about the So Yoga um, uh, well-being center that she's created with her partner but um, Ben Thomas is known to us for a lot of different things not least for being a Saints and England player very successful but also for a charity that he set up um, the Stand Up Foundation which is to do with mental health and in particular with bullying so Ben welcome to the show um, was World Mental Health Day you know was it an important landmark for you in your campaign against bullying? Uh, well, thanks for having me on the show, and hi. Um, I mean, look, they're, 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 they're kind of two different things, but linked together, right? We know with the foundation is an anti-bullying foundation. We look a lot around about the equality, diversity, the broad spectrum of bullying um, and how it affects people long term and, uh, and support those who do real world work. And what you do get from that are mental health issues, you know, with, with being bullied and uh, even with the case with why the bully bullies, you know, nine out of 10 times, they're the, it's a behaviour they're passing forward and they're the ones that hurt him most. We try and support and help both sides. And, um, you know, you do, you do see people who end up having uh, some, some issues mentally, maybe with confidence and... Um, and uh, the hang-ups on, on where and how uh, they were bullied, either mentally or, or physically. Um, and that's pretty much uh, how, how, how we look at it. How, you know, how did you get into this? What triggered this um, depth of engagement and action around this, these, these issues? Yeah, my dad was murdered back in 2000, um, uh, protecting someone. And um, from... from being around that sort of first hand, you see the devastating effects it has, the ripple effects it has on different parts of the family, friends, etc. All through someone's actions, and um, and for me, you know, setting up an anti-bullying foundation in, uh, in 2011 when I retired was it was a was a natural progression of my really sort of my passion and wanted to make a difference, um, you know. And look, and I mean, it's, it's in honour of my dad. It's a it's a nice legacy. It's. Uh, our core values that he had taught me and um so it was nice to you know uh, to be able to do something that was 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 worthwhile and could make a difference although the charity space is incredibly hard work but uh yeah i mean it does make a difference no indeed and how far and wide um does the work go is it is it just regional is it national is it international now we set it up in America. I set it up as a social commercial brand. We sell products to support the cause. We didn't want to compete with anyone. And uh, so that was uh, that was in America. Then in 2012, I set it up here. Um, and I launched that with, with Elton and uh, Wicked the Musical. Mm. 
Okay, so some um, some celebrities then associated with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it, it's nice to have celebrity endorsement. It's nice to have support, um, but ultimately, it's uh, it's <laughs> you want you you need attention. You need to get a talking point. Uh, you need to raise awareness and 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 look, not just you know the celebrity factor does help with it, but ultimately, you know, you still need to do the work. And um, you know, we're we're a grant based organisation. We give grants out to people to do that who do that real world work on the ground and make a difference. Okay, so you do a lot of fundraising. You obviously are one of the main advocates go around the world, I guess, talking about it. Um, do you actually create programs, or you just raise the money for others to deliver the programs? Yeah, that wasn't part of what we wanted to do. It was, um, we are replicating people's work. And, um, you know, one thing you do find in, in the charity space and very, very, very frustrating is the fact that a lot of people replicate the same work and they get grants to do the same work. And, um, you know, when we go through our grant uh, process, we look at people that can share data and uh, do different kinds of work that's needed. And so our money goes further. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we don't run programs. We, there's people that are already set up with that. We can either, uh, the way that we give is uh, either appearance, media or money or one or two or three of those, really. Mm. How much time does it take, Ben? Because obviously you've got the business with Christina. How, but uh, you know, how much of your time does this take in any one month? Well, no, I mean, it's not about, it can be, it can, it can, it can vary, but ultimately um, I've, we slowed it down because of obviously COVID and where we are now. Um, so, you know, we're all, we're all hamstringed a little bit. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll ramp it back up uh, when, when uh, we get out of this mess that we're, <laughs> that we're in. But having yeah. said that, you know, so yoga and, and uh, you know, our wellbeing centre, is, is, is going really well as you talked about mental health is very important and uh, looking after yourself is very important and uh, you know what we do at so yoga does really help complement that um, you know through meditation or through yoga it could be hit workouts spin dance or anything like that so uh, that's been going really well yeah no indeed it was great to hear the other day um, from Christina all about it so i you are there right giving classes and helping and supporting and running the business i guess yeah 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 and I, we well we both love it it's a both passion of ours we've both got a lot of experience in that in that area uh, and for me you know it's about teaching people how to lift correctly um how to sort of understand movement in the gym and what they need to do and sort of weight distribution on that on their body through technique etc i mean there is a lot of uh, Unfortunately, a lot of people get taught uh, a way of not being done correctly, shall I say. And it, and it is in frustration and it does put people off the gym when they start hurting in the wrong places. Mm. So um, for me, it's quality over quantity. And, it, and, it, and it's that tortoise and hare scenario. You get someone who does 300 reps in two seconds and they're done done correctly. And, and you know, you do one or two correctly in, in, in a set. We can build off that. And, and within a couple of weeks, you're not just doing two, you're doing six or eight. And, um, you know, so learning them key behaviours and the fundamentals of movement is really important. And that's the kind of what our structure is across uh, So Yoga. Well, I must come in one day. I do, do you know, about 30 sit-ups and 30 press-ups every day. I do wonder if I'm doing them well. But anyway, they still hurt, I have to say. And I think they still do me good. But uh, just back to the charity then. Do you have a full-time sort of administrative support on that? 
Yeah, yeah, we've got somebody who runs it. Yeah. Okay, and um, you know, you, it is a cause that is very close to your heart. Then, for the reasons you've explained, I mean, do you think that bullying is increasing in this country? It's getting is the problem getting bigger? Uh, I think it's everywhere. I think that there's, there's I think, well, ultimately people don't know really what bullying is. Um, and, uh, you know, you get sometimes, you know, accountability gets uh, uh, mixed up with bullying. And, um, you know, so people got to understand what bullying is. It needs to be, it needs to be taught um, and so people can understand it. Teachers need to be able to be a bit more, uh, have a bit more power around that instead of sort of treading lightly around that now um i know that my my brother's uh daughter so my niece is getting bullied at um caroline chisholm really bad and um to the point this girl's been on uh social media um telling what she's going to do to to my niece and the school are powerless you know they're scared to do something they're going to scare that they're going to get hung out to dry um and and to the point um, of the fact that my niece doesn't want to go to school anymore and um, you know it affects her work and it, and it will stay with her for the rest of her life through somebody else's actions and and look you know in this situation you know what are they doing to help the bullier and yeah. what are they going to do for her and, um, and why can't they do that you know in the meantime this girl will go around just uh, wreaking havoc whenever she t- when, wants to turn up to school I, I find it bizarre had the same with my girls at, at, uh, at their school. They went to a private school over in Spratton and um, they got bullied by a teacher. Didn't want, they did just want to sweep it under the carpet until I held them accountable. Wow. And, um, and that, unfortunately, you know, we all want to turn a blind eye and, uh, and that has to stop. It has to stop. It's absolutely shocking what you're saying. Where, is, where do you sort of fund then most of the work? In the home or in the schools or both? Uh, mainly within schools, maybe within organisations that do that work around around that space, around that uh, anti-bullying space or quality diversity. It could be reintegrating children into back into school, um, you know, that uh, or it could be diversity role models. It talks about diversity in schools and you know people bully because people are perceived to be different uh, to them, and um, and that uh, and and also to, it, it also to the point of uh, they. They'd rather bully someone else because it's going to deflect it away from themselves. They're the ones that are suffering. They're the ones with low low confidence. So, uh, yeah. you know, we need to try and affect the bystander to be upstanders and, and, and call this sort of behaviour out and make it cool not to bully. No, indeed. I think you're absolutely right. It is two sides, isn't it? The perpetrator as well as the, the victim. And there's a phrase that I, I you know hear a lot and use a lot. Hurt people hurt people. Right? And it is oh, passed on from generation to generation if we're not careful. So there's a, you know, a lot of these social issues, A, they're connected. B, it is an intergenerational thing. And it is really, I think, working holistically with the network around the child to see if you can change behaviours. But what you're saying about the schools and their limited power or ability or, or indeed will to get involved, I think that's terrible, frankly. <laughs> it's shocking. 
Yeah, it? I mean, uh, look, you get a lot of awards. See, so there's like Diana Awards. There's a, there's a, an organizer, an organization called Diana Awards, and they're all about, you know, anti-bullying ambassadors in the workplace, empowering the children. You know, uh, so if they see bullying, you know, or anyone is getting bullied, they can go to these ambassadors. They're a good conduit into to speaking to the teacher. You know, there's places that do fantastic work in in, in schools, and they really do look at bullying, and they really do pay a lot of attention there but some necessarily don't they don't know how to and it depends that can change overnight if you're if you've got a head teacher that is, is leaving a new one coming in and they're stamping their authority what their own sort of their own sort of mark on on that school so it can it can change overnight in in, in some places but ultimately there's still not enough being done no indeed i mean it is about boundaries isn't it and setting those boundaries and youngsters that don't learn those boundaries as young people you know goodness help society when they're adults as well um ben what is your appeal to local people local businesses what you know what can we do to help you um my i i think any i mean northampton we know as is, is a is a is a really lost town and um you know, as growing up in Northampton to the town it was, to the town it is now, I think the council done a fantastic job of stripping it of any of its uh, assets that it's had. We've made it into a donut. Um, we've taken all the jam out of the middle of the town and we spread it around the outside in retail parks. And uh, we've got a beautiful town that is just basically unemployed. And having been in the, and having in the town centre, it's, it's an absolute crying shame. Um, you know, one thing that I, you know, I noticed when um, we got into business is actually how much local businesses should should support each other, mm. and uh, and how important that is. And and I, I remember being in lockdown, and I think uh, the picture drone was there. The picture drone had uh, fifteen thousand pounds worth of stock that was just gone off you know, out of date because it obviously wasn't being used. And it was, you know, they reached out, could I do a video message? And yeah, I did. And, and it's great to be able to support them. And um, and hopefully it's something that they will pass on and help support others. And it works like that. You know, you're paying it forward. And, you know, it is a very con uh, competitive space. And, um, well, I, well, not necessarily just our space, but I think in general, it's, it, it's tough, tough tough times and um you know we're doing a great job of shopping online and 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 screwing our retail so we're not going to really have too much to go shopping at and uh, so it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over over the next two years and you talk about mental health and we look at where mental health is now and and you know we were heading to a place of working at home anyway um, we're talking about virtual offices and being at home and, and not going into work as, as so often. And what COVID's done is accelerated that. Yes. So now we're working from home. And then we get up, we work, and we, we work through passage during the day. And then suddenly your, your day's now come to 12 to 15 hours. Um, and you're now juggling everything to get working. And it's fantastic when you first start, but actually you realise you don't have any human interaction. You don't see people. You know, we're social animals now. We're all on, we're all on Zoom like we are now. We're having these, you know, all of our meetings. You're losing creativity. You're losing the, the human touch. And that's just now... We're getting to a point of now just being at home all day. Mm. So we're getting to the point of mental health issues are going to be absolutely huge. And uh, we, it will be in about three years time, if not sooner, that going to work and having an office 
is going to be fashionable. And on top of that, we get to have a beer with our mates after work. How cool is that? And that's what it's going to be like. And then we're going to say we've got nowhere to shop because we all shop online. So I, I, it's, a, it's a horrible place to be in right now. And I'm sorry to be all doom and gloom, but I think that's where we are. You know, what is next? Where are we going? Yeah, it's going to be, a tough, time. It's going to be a tough time. So we've got to help support each other. Well, you do, you do raise some interesting points. Um, I think there will be winners and losers, and it may well be the city centres like London will struggle, but actually, you know, town centres like Northampton and uh, dormitory towns might actually do well out of it. Uh, you know, you are, I am reading lots of different things there. But the point you make about collaboration, that is a theme that comes through on a lot of my guests, Ben, you'll be pleased to know. Um, even uh, last week, um, Dolores Sanders from Total Control Pro, you know, there's several people saying it's all about helping each other as you say, paying it forward, um, not doing things because, you know, everything has to have a pound, shillings and pence on it for immediate gain, actually reaching out. And maybe some of those values might, you know, be growing stronger as a result of COVID. We can only but hope, I guess, is and, and watch this space and see what happens. Your comments on the town centre, you have pretty forceful comments there, Ben. Have you had the chance to share those with, you know, civic authorities, the local officials? Um. Oh, no. Yeah, I spoke to the head guy at the council. They threw us under the bus um, for our business rates when we first started um, and they sent the bailiffs round. So that that really put a strain on us. I don't think the council are there to help anyone, to be honest with you. I think they're very difficult to deal with um, and not, um, they're not uh, empathetic in the situation that we, we were in at that particular time. The town's on its absolute ass. What are they going to do with it and and, and hold them accountable? Um, if they've already gone bust. They built an offices at 75 million, sold it for 52. I mean, who is leading these people? <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I absolutely incredibly frustrated with, with the council. I'm here to help. I know I've had a meeting with them regarding the help in the town. It's a bit like the tails wagging the dog. So, yeah, I am frustrated with the town. It was a beautiful town. It was a lovely town up until about 2000, it's lost its way massively. Um, and what are they going to do about it? Well, you raised some very interesting points. I hope they listen. And for the ones that I know, I will definitely try and point them to, um, to, to listen and take heed. I mean, there are some movements, aren't there, to get the town centre, was it um, Northampton forward, all those sort of things with some people, you know, really trying very hard, I think, to to get the right answer, but perhaps you should be on those committees, Ben. I'll, I will suggest. <laughs> I will suggest that. Now, I cannot, uh, as a Welshman, I cannot um, not ask you about rugby, of course. And um, you know, you had a very successful career, World Cup winner with England. Are you still, by the way, the second highest try scorer f in international rugby? By the skin of my teeth, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so so tell me, what do you think is going to happen in the sort of Six Nations, and what do you think? You know, what's your view on still playing competitive sport? at the time of um and contact sport at the time of covid without you know supporters i mean just give us your thoughts on the current situation in terms of top sport um well it's a business isn't it i mean we we look at i know it's sort of a, a rich man's train set but ultimately it's still a business um and that you know they need supporters to come and uh, obviously help pay wages and, and maintain uh, the stadium and and obviously keep the the top end of the staff and the offices in, in employment and give you know obviously us something to look forward to at the weekend and and it's just, it's a shame that obviously we can't that's obviously that's the, the the current climate that we're in 
But, um, you know, like anything else, you know, the league and, and everything have to honour contracts and, and those contracts are to, to TV rights and they have to play us or lose their money. And that, at least they lose their money, they will completely um, ruin a, a professional game. And so there has to be played. But, yeah, I, I think that at least we can watch it on TV, which is great. Um, contact sport in this in, in, in sort of current environment, if it's managed properly, then it shouldn't be an issue. Um, it's when people start breaking the rules and thinking, oh, I'm just going to go down to McDonald's or I'm going to go out on a town and, 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 and get infected. And then it sort of uh, manifests its way through the team. So if it's managed right, it, it, it should, it's not too bad. Mm. It shouldn't be too bad. You talk there about a business and it is a big business. And of course, Rugby Union held out for a long time, didn't it, in terms of an amateur code. Um, I think England got made it professional before Wales did and probably before your time. Um so, you know, there is a lot of money running around. It probably has, hasn't it, it heightened the quality levels, though, the players, the training, the ability to dedicate to the regimes and things like that. Um, do, do you miss it? Or are you no, no, the other way? No, no, I, I don't miss it one bit. One bit. Absolutely not at all. Um, I, look, I had a fantastic time doing it. And, you know, I, you know, I got into it um, and, and I, with, with, well, actually with my dad, actually. And I found it by accident and uh, sort of started my journey with my dad. And, and I loved it. I absolutely love what rugby was about. Respect. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. You know, um, it didn't matter. It just judged on who you were as a person and, and inclusivity. And, uh, and I love that. I love that about rugby. And um, I, my best and most fondest times are my junior club rugby. And I... I still hang around and and uh, I'm close friends with a lot of my junior club rugby friends, old players that I played alongside with, because it was just it was just so innocent and innocent fun, and um, you know it was uh, you make friends for life. Yeah, well, the rugby that's code, what I love about rugby. The rugby code is very very strong indeed, that's for sure. Okay, well, look, Ben. Um, last question on, on rugby: Wales's prospects coming up in the new year really important to me what do you think it's really important well i'm gonna burst your bubble i don't i don't watch <laughs> enough rugby to, to to give you a good enough comment um i'll give you this though i think wales have a hell of a good little um pool of players and i i think if when they i, I don't like getting the word getting it right but once they um once they have their tails up when they're playing well they can be world beaters, and um, and I think in, in in like in any case, every year they show up in patches, and if they have some consistency, which they do sometimes, yeah. they'll win a Grand Slam or they'll get to a semi final of a World Cup. They have a good group of players, and it's just fulfilling that potential. And the same with England too. Yeah, no indeed. Well, thanks very much. I'll I'll certainly take that. Okay, so people want to know more about your work with um, bullying. Uh, how do they get in touch? What's the website for the charity? Yeah, it's standupfoundation.com. Uh, have a look at that. Um, and then obviously, soyoga.com for, uh, uh, for our wellbeing centre in town. Indeed. Well, Ben, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. You're doing some marvellous work in so many dimensions. And I think the link between, you know, health, um, well-being, you know, mental well-being, all these things, they are interconnected. And even with food, too. And um, we have a lot of food people on this show. And we'll be talking to Adam Gray 
later on, and he is also making that connection. Um, that's our only Michelin chef to come out of the county, actually. So yeah, it, and it's it, an amazing restaurant as well, and I and there's some amazing food. Yes, that is one way to my heart is food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Look, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Keep safe, and um, hopefully we're going to have you on again next year, telling us you know how you our progress uh, against this damned COVID as well. All the best. All right. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.